This episode of Up for Discussion is brought to you in part by Moonbase Theta Out, a 2020 Webby Award-nominated queer sci-fi drama set in 2098 on the last active Moonbase as the comms lead tries to hold things together to get home to his husband on Earth. They're well into their third season with lots of good feels and tardigrades. And you might even hear my voice on a couple episodes. Listen to Moonbase Theta Out wherever you get your podcasts or at monkeymanproductions.com. This episode of the Up for Discussion podcast is brought to you in part by Whiskey Lane. Launched in Kelowna, BC, and now expanding to Montreal, Whiskey Lane is on a mission to share their obsession with quality food and drinks with growing audiences by keeping the best local flavors on their minds and on their tongues. No matter what your business needs to grow, Whiskey Lane knows how to make it happen. Whiskey Lane, bringing long lines to the producers of specialty food and drinks. Go to whiskeylane.ca to find out more. And that's whiskey the Canadian way, without an E. I'm Tom Zalatnai, and you're listening to episode 319 of Up for Discussion, a show about great food and the people who love to make and eat it. Look, everybody loves watching cooking competition shows, seeing professional chefs go head-to-head using limited ingredients with these intense challenges and set amounts of time, watching them whip up brilliant dishes under pressure. But what if a culinary competition show eliminated the chefs? What if we pitted the foods themselves up against each other, round after round, to determine the best food of the year? This is that competition. This is Munch Madness. Before we dig in, I want to take a minute to acknowledge that the studio where I'm recording is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important to remember that the lands we occupy are not our own and to engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. I want to encourage you to take some time today and every day to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on and with the indigenous communities of that area. Today, we're diving into the quarterfinals and finding out which two competitors will be moving forward to the semis. Our first matchup is between first seed pasta and eighth seed rice, and our second matchup is between fourth seed sandwiches and fifth seed cheese. Will our champion pasta survive another round and move closer to the second title, or will rice give it a run for its money? Will sandwiches make it to the semifinals again this year or be knocked out by the pasteurized powerhouse cheese? I know who I'd vote for were it up to me, but it's super duper not at all. I have no say in any of this. I'm just here to run the show. Every week here on Munch Madness, I call up two guest judges to defend their favorites, and if we get a tie, I call up a third surprise judge to break it. All right, let's get into it. So my first guest on this, the very first round of the quarterfinals here on Up for Discussions Munch Madness 2021 is one of the co-hosts of the Yeah! podcast, somebody who I miss dearly and wish was in our studio on a weekly basis still and cannot wait until the pandemic is over so that we can see each other again and eat soup and share stories, the wonderful Caddy Diop. Hello! I miss you too so much! How are you doing? Uh, I'm uh, I'm uh, COVID okay. That's 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 a good way to put that. Uh, well, the, uh, I mean, spring has made a triumphant return. Uh, I'm living for it, so I am a much happier and kinder person these days. How about you? How are you doing? I am also benefiting from the spring. I think I'm. Uh, I've been sleeping better the past couple of nights. I got to grill today, and life is life is okay. Thank you. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for joining us on uh, for discussion Munch Madness. Should we get into it? Let's do it. I'm so prepared. <laughs> 
Um, so our first quarterfinal matchup, of course, is between our first seed pasta and our eighth seed rice. Caddy, what do you think about this one? Easy call. Rice. Always rice. Always, always, always rice. Rice should be number one. Pasta should be number eight. Interesting. Okay. What's your what's your justification there? Rice. Probably one of the most commonly eaten food around the world, right? Sure. Um, you can grow rice anywhere where it's kind of marshy. Am I going somewhere with this? Am I an ogre? Do I love rice? Yes. Um, but also <laughs> rice is just, rice is perfect. I mean, it's so perfect that they even made pasta shaped like rice. Hello. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Um, also, rice is the perfect vehicle because it is um, perfect for a spoon eating situation. Mm. And it is also perfect for a hand eating situation. Um, I'm, I'm culturally uh, Senegalese and, uh, you know, we eat all together in one big bowl. You use your right hand and you make like this perfect bowl of like rice with veggies and fish and it's exceptionally delicious and it tastes better because your hands are involved in the process. Um, eating pasta with your hands is generally frowned upon everywhere <laughs> and I've tried. That's fair, yeah. I um I never give my like personal opinion about the the items being voted on until after I know my guests vote because I don't want to sway them in any way, shape, or form. I had not uh-huh. thought about it this way before. I um I think because I have pasta dishes that I love that are so like close to my heart, I usually would have voted pasta here. But thinking about it in terms of versatility and accessibility, rice is absolutely the winner. And like your point that they made pasta that's shaped like rice initially made me go, well, sure, but you can get rice noodles. But then I thought about it and I was like, well, yeah, but that's not, yeah, that's not rice shaped like pasta. That is rice being made into noodles, which is its own thing. And also like one of those is gluten-free and the other's not. I mean, let's be honest here. If we're trying to use the inclusion factor, not only that, but you could go anywhere around the world and bring a bowl of rice with you and people will know what you're eating. If you are bringing pasta, it is not guaranteed that deep in the middle of anywhere uh, that is very remote, Pasta, like, I mean, uh, growing up in a West African family, pasta was like a novelty. It was like an exciting little, like, hoo-hoo, pasta. Um, but rice is the staple. Also, rice is like a breakfast food. It is a lunch food. It is a dinner food. It is a food that you can stuff in other things. Hello, burrito. Um <laughs> You know, like, you don't stuff pasta in other things. I have tried a mac and cheese pizza. It was severely disappointing. (laughs) Yeah, and, you know, it's interesting because I think about it and, like, you know, pasta being primarily a, like, Italian food. I think about, you know, an appetizer that I might get with a pasta dish is... Uh um, Also rice-based, right? Like the um, arancini. Arancini? Yeah. (laughs) So. I will. I will be honest. I actually, I think arancini is my least favorite way of consuming rice. Really? Um, yes. But the worst part is that it's made out of like my number three favorite way of having rice, which is risotto. Right. Um, which in itself, like, I feel like risotto is like the perfect way to just like close the debate with anyone who's like full fledged <laughs> team pasta. Like, really? Your team pasta? Okay. 
risotto. <laughs> and then people can't say anything because it's so damn yummy. Yeah. No, I feel that. This is really interesting to me because I, I don't remember offhand if rice was in last year's tournament at all. Um, but pasta really swept last year. And it's really interesting to me, I think especially after like this year of eating a lot more food that like uh-huh. you can make in large quantities right where rice is uh-huh. you know again coming to the accessibility of it there's a reason that like my local food bank when they bring you know baskets of food to the families in need there's usually like a couple bags of like pasta oh of, yeah of varying shapes but I I think last time we got a delivery from them there were two bags of pasta and literally eight bags of rice <laughs> I mean, rice is cheap, and I think that that's also amazing. Um, good pasta, not cheap. Yeah. Not cheap no. for good pasta. Um, and, and you know, I've heard people in the past say, oh, but rice doesn't have as much, like, versatility and diversity as pasta. But I call, like, shenanigans <laughs> on this because there's so many different types of rice. I am impartial to broken rice. It is my favorite it is the most delicious and texturally it's super fun because it's almost like a, a large couscous <laughs> slash burger, uh, bulgur burger. Can we see where my brain is? It's like, you said a... you grilled Tom. <laughs> see what happened to my brain? That's I'm terrible. Sorry. I'm sorry. I planted burgers in your brain. <laughs> but yeah, you have like brown rice, but then you have wild rice right mm. which is so beautiful and means so much to uh, the lovely indigenous folks uh, uh, on whose land uh, whose stolen land we live on mm-hmm. um you have forbidden rice which is very exciting as well what is, um, what is forbidden a, rice hang on forbidden rice is a very short grain and it's black um and it's uh you can i i was very fortunate to discover it uh through a friend of mine who is from malaysia um and who served it with a beautiful dish and it was a, a mixture of different uh grains it wasn't just the forbidden rice but it's like these little they look like little black booze like little little black circles which i mean they're black it makes me happy so i'm into it i'm, <laughs> I'm gonna root for it I love that. I'm looking it up yeah. right now. It looks delicious. It has such a like I'm seeing I'm seeing pictures of it cooked with like um that's either beets or like purple cabbage, oh. but like mixed together, it is this beautiful, beautiful uh uh-huh. wow. Oh I gotta also, look into another important rice. thing about an important thing about rice. Rice doesn't need cheese. And I think that that's really important because pasta is delicious. But most pasta needs cheese. Yeah. I mean, I, I the majority of us, the majority of us around the world, okay, uh, are uh, deprived of that uh, digestive ability to digest cow's milk. Um, and so, you know, everywhere around the world, rice, yeah, most places, you don't need cheese with it. You need rice and beans. It is <laughs> the one meal you can find anywhere around the world. Yeah. No, rice absolutely. I feel that. It's a definite staple. <laughs> so you don't need cheese. I can eat rice anywhere I go and I know that I'm not going to have a diaper situation you know like I I, I can confidently uh, move through the world it is also the best hangover food Mm. the person who decided to fry rice with an egg in it is the person who probably the first person to ever uh, have a hangover like I mean it's perfect (laughs) food it's just leftover plus it's made out of like leftover rice and then you can add whatever you want to it and it's incredible yeah 
I will say so, yeah. that the the leftover usability of rice is a major oh. factor giving it points in my favor. Like, because you can't, yeah. like, leftover pasta is fine. If you're eating leftover pasta, you know you're eating leftover pasta. You can uh-huh. do things to leftover rice that make it arguably more exciting than it was when it was fresh. And that is a beautiful thing. Yep. Absolutely. Cool. Um, but I will say uh, both pasta and rice are always best when consumed um made by loving hands of uh someone uh so uh, that is the only thing that rice is missing is that the individual grains are crafted by someone but really it's just such a front runner yeah don't sleep on the rice <laughs> that's it i i was thinking about that like you can't that is its one downfall is that you can't hand make it but like mm-hmm. that's okay you don't have to hand don't make everything to. yeah I don't need to. That's a great part. Nature gives me rice already made. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. All right. Well, that's uh, that's round one figured out. I mean, for now, I, I haven't talked to the second person yet. They might, you know, instigate a tiebreaker and then who knows what will happen. But for now, rice, one point. Moving on to the second of the quarterfinal matches, we have our fourth seed sandwiches against our fifth seed cheese. What are you thinking, Caddy? This is a contentious fight. This is very hard. I feel like this is a conversation that could end friendships <laughs> um, and relationships. And I know that it could probably blow up a couple of families in my surroundings. Um, I am going to take, um, this, is, this is a heartbreaking choice, but I'm going to vote sandwich. Okay, why? Because you can have a sandwich with cheese, but cheese does not require a sandwich. So I am tricking the system, and I am trying to get everything. Uh, no, I, believe, I, I also, <laughs> sandwiches are perfect, okay? Sandwiches are wonderful um, because sandwiches are so customizable. Mm-hmm. When we say just cheese, I mean, don't get me wrong, I will mess up a cheese board. Like, I will get <laughs> in there. Please note that I just said that I was super lactose intolerant. Um, so it's okay. I'm the exact same way. I'm totally going to get super intimate with uh, any kind of cheese board. Right. But a sandwich sustains you. Mm. If anyone has ever made you a sandwich with love, okay, you know, like when someone just they care about you and they're like, I made you a sandwich. That stuff will cure heartbreak. <laughs> you know what's? Okay? You know what I'm finding interesting? What? So you mentioned the cheese board of it. And like, I'm a big charcuterie person. I love me some charcutes. And when I think about, you know, my preferred way to eat it, I honestly, a lot of the time, kind of make a sandwich out of the stuff that's on the board. You know, you'll grab a cracker, you'll grab some meat, you'll grab some cheese, and you'll like stack it up. Maybe it's open-faced. It's a little bit of like an appetizer. But like, it's kind of sandwich adjacent, as opposed to just grabbing a piece of cheese off the board. So like... I think I'm with you. I think sandwiches has this one, even though it pains me to admit it. I mean, look, cheese is wonderful. We agree. But cheese is a challenging food sometimes <laughs> because mucus, because uh, <laughs> digestive stuff. And a sandwich, I mean, a sandwich is just, it already, it has all the components. You can put all the food groups into a sandwich, okay? Mm-hmm. You got your bread. You have your condiments very important food group. Cheese requires condiments. It really does. Cheese and antipesto, yes. Cheese and jam, even bigger, yes. Sliced, cheap, cheap, like dairy-free cheese on a slice of bread with peanut butter, 
Ooh. That is pure comfort. Ooh. Peanut butter and cheese, man. Yeah, I know. I'm one yeah. of those. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm there with you. It's it's underrated. I mean, and plus, okay. And then here's the fun part. I live in a very uh, fun uh, area um, known as Little Italy. Um, and uh, hello, Panini Land. Mm. I could never live without Panini. <laughs> also, sandwiches, the democratic food, because you can make a sandwich with anything. Yeah. Anything. <laughs> Two slices of bread and then whatever's hanging out in your fridge. And you can experiment with cha- with sandwiches and you can you can you can take it to another level. You can have a sandwich party. I do love the idea of a sandwich party. Okay, come build your own sandwich. Let's take photos. Let's like, hey, do you want to taste this little piece? A sa- someone passing you a piece of sandwich, it's very hard to pass someone a piece of cheese to become a friend. It's very hard. Yeah. Especially in these COVID days. Yeah. So a sandwich you can simply wrap up in a nice little eco-friendly packaging. And then you can just be like, hey, my friend, I left a sandwich on your front door because I made it and I love you. Hello. Perfect. Yeah, fair enough. I'm, I got to say, I'm glad that I don't have to cast a vote on this one because I would be extremely torn between these two. I, um, I think that, again, it's one of those ones that comes down to versatility, right? Where like sandwiches just objectively are more versatile than cheese. Like you can do so much more. Mm, oh, do I mean this? Hang on a second. What? Oh. Uh? Oh, hang on. No, uh? I don't. I'm going to take that oh. back. I'm going to take that uh? back. Sandwiches are not more versatile than cheese but i think that by virtue of being like ooh, hold on no you know what oh i think i'm talking myself out of this i think i'm team cheese on this one i absolutely i absolutely respect you being team sandwich on this one but i think i'm team cheese on this one i think i hadn't thought about it enough because i wasn't letting myself but i think that for me the fact that (laughs) You can put cheese on anything if you really want to. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean, Caddy? That tells me so much about you, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> that I am that I am both lactose intolerant and live with the philosophy of you can put cheese on anything if you want to speaks volumes to who I am as a person and how I choose to treat my body. And like <laughs> I think I think when faced with like Mm, if I am mm, oh man this is so hard though because I really do love sandwiches uh yeah but I think I think that if I'm having a sandwich and there's no cheese on it I'm disappointed in that sandwich oh really yeah oh my goodness yeah listen my favorite sandwich for a while was a a drunken situation uh coming out of dad's bagels um uh, yeah r.i.p dad's bagels um in ndg and they would just it was a wrap sandwich made with non-bread stuffed with tandoori chicken oh it was so good there was not an iota of cheese so i was able to like i used to live like literally a block away from there so come back late night uh probably a little south and uh go in grab this beautiful piece of uh naan bread and uh tandoori chicken uh, scrumptiousness eat it not have to worry about my digestive tract realize that all the alcohol is being soaked up by the beautiful naan bread (laughs) have protein so that i know i will wake up the next day i mean 
You don't need cheat. A good mayonnaise situation can replace a lot of cheat. A good condiment situation can fix a lot of things that cheese could do. So, like, I agree with you in theory. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that for me, the sandwich is never complete without cheese. I, I like, like there's no situation where you could give me a sandwich even if it's an incredible sandwich with no cheese on it you can there's no situation where you can give me that sandwich and i wouldn't think sure but <laughs> what if we put cheese on it yeah no i get that oh and now you've got me missing dad's bagels oh well listen i mean also uh bagels and cheese man mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you need the vehicle Sure. And I think that I think that the vehicle of bread is so important. Also, like I'm of the firm team that like if it is bread and it, it like it is folded onto itself, it can also be a sandwich. So sure. I'm also including things like quesadillas. I am integrating also hot dogs. Mm-hmm. I am also integrating burgers into sandwiches. Sure. Um, so I uh, enjoy enjoy your cheese. Um, I will have a sandwich. Yeah, you know what? Fair enough. I, um, man, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so torn because you just, those three specific things you listed, quesadillas, hot dogs, and burgers. I'm like, yeah, I I love all three of those. Those are three things that I would happily, like if I could have those three things for for each meal of the day, not, if I could have one of those (laughs) rather for each meal of the day, I uh, I would be a really happy person. But, but if I'm not eating something that's sandwich shaped, there better be cheese on it. You know, like a I mean, mac and so cheese. I guess, I, I guess we're going to have to have a, a post-pandy uh, sandwich party because <laughs> I think that I can, I think I've got a, a good enough condiment knowledge base that I can, I can help you figure out a way to make an exceptional sandwich without cheese. That sounds good to me. Hey, you know what we can call mm-hmm. it? What? Sandemic. Oh, um, I'll take it. Yeah, I'm running with it. It's yeah. not. It's not my best work, but you know. <laughs> no, but it's pretty good. It's better than anything I tried to come up with since you said it. Pandwich. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like pandemic. Yes. Yeah. Pandemwitch. No. Uh. No. Okay. We can edit that out. oh caddy how long have i been editing your podcast you know i don't edit that out (laughs) all right cool well thank you so much so that is one vote for rice and one vote for sandwiches and we will find out what the other person on this episode votes for once they have voted for it caddy do you have anything you want to plug or any final messages words of wisdom for people before i let you go 100 percent. check out uh the yeah podcast on the upward network um and also hashtag team rice i uh in my like I didn't write down an official like where I think this is going to go bracket this year, but I really do think that Rice has a chance of making it to the uh, to the very final round this year. I'll be cheering. I'll be cheering on uh, with my headphones. On. <laughs> Ooh, you know what? A final question for you before I let you go. Shoot. Assuming Rice and sandwiches make it to the next round, who would you vote for? Easy, Rice. Fair enough. I'm the child of immigrants. I need rice at all times. (laughs) (laughs) That's super fair. Oh, man. Cool. Well, Caddy, thank you so much. This was great. Thanks, Tom. Take care. This episode of the Up for Discussion podcast is brought to you in part by The Zombie Game. 
A brand new graphic novel on Kickstarter right now. A group of college students attend an end-of-the-year party, only to find themselves hunted by the rich in a live-action zombie apocalypse video game. You can go to bit.ly slash zombies now to support them on Kickstarter and find out how you can get the zombie game. If you're enjoying the show so far, make sure to hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on so that you never miss a new episode. While you're at it, consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or sharing this episode with a friend. For every new rating and review I get during the month of April, I'll be donating $2 to The Depot, my local food bank here in Montreal. They can turn every $1 into $3, which means that your free rating and review that costs you $0 does $6 of good for a family in need. If you do that math, that that is turning zero into six. That's that's literally impossible in most circumstances, but that is possible here, and that is what happens here. So leave a free rating and review. They get $6 worth of food for a family in need. That's rad. You can read about everything The Depot is doing at the link in the description of this episode. I also wanted to let you know that our network is still in the middle of a massive fundraising campaign over on Indiegogo. At the time of recording, we've raised just under $3,500, which is frankly really amazing. We surpassed our original goal by almost $1,000, but there's still like two weeks left to donate and get some rad perks, and every dollar we make off this thing will go a long way toward helping us do a lot of awesome projects here for years to come. Right now, we're trying to hit a goal of $3,750, so an extra $250 on top of where we are, so that we can launch a summer internship program program through our network to train and pay somebody in our community to learn the ins and outs of podcasting and to give them the tools that they'll need to produce their own show going forward. We don't believe in unpaid internships here at the Upford Network because unpaid internships are bullshit. (laughs) So um, if you want to help us be able to hire an intern this summer and pay them a fair wage, donate to our Indiegogo. You can help us raise that last $250 by donating as little as a dollar, and that helps a whole lot. And there's a lot of awesome perks available to donors, including guest spots on this very show. Like you could donate and be funding like a couple hours worth of an intern's time this summer, which is really, really cool, and also get a chance to vote in a round of Munch Madness. Think about that for a second. I think that's like $30. That, that's a lot for $30. That goes a long way. So if you've got even a buck to spare, hit the Indiegogo link in the description of this episode and go donate it. And if money is tight, which I completely understand, we also have a really great referral contest going where you can get over $200 in perks just by getting your friends to donate on your behalf. So like, again, you you give no money and then you get $200 worth of stuff. That's even more exciting in math than the depot. But also do the depot thing. Both. Do both. Feel free to message me for info about getting the referral code set up if you want. I'm happy to help. All right, let's hear from my second guest. All right, my next guest on this week's episode of Up for Discussion, Munch Madness, the quarterfinal rounds, is none other than Lily Bennett-Sharf. Lily has been a guest on this show not that long ago. If you go back and listen to the episode we did about ramen a little while ago, you'll recognize her from there. She is a photographer, a food industry worker for what like almost 10 years now and uh is absolutely lovely and i cannot wait to hear her thoughts on today's matchups lily how you doing good i have not been in the food industry for 10 years i'm 24 um I've right been in the food industry for like uh six years okay i forgot we are not the same age yeah <laughs> you doing well otherwise yeah i'm doing good it's been super sunny this week um and i know next week it's gonna rain for most of the time so i've been trying to stay outside as much as possible yeah how are you yeah, I can't complain. Similar. It's been uh, Montreal. I really thought we were about to get our second winter, but I think maybe we didn't, or maybe we did, and I just missed it. Who knows? Time is yeah, time is. Yeah, I think um, like this winter has been super mild, which is a bit frustrating because we've been inside the entire time and have not even been allowed to be outside during the evening. Um, but I think I actually saw an article that because of the weather and because it didn't get cold enough for the spring or something, people who work on like uh, like for tapping maple syrup are having a lot of trouble like the maple syrup isn't coming out oh. um, 
probably because of the weather. Right. Um, so that's as a Quebecer, that makes me very nervous. I put maple syrup in my coffee every morning. Yeah, no kidding. I just bought myself a meat grinder and was planning on starting to make my own like breakfast sausage and Ooh. was like going to play around with, you know, maple flavored ones. But maybe I need to save that for a colder year. Yeah, I don't know. Hopefully everything will be OK, but keep your eye out on the prices, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's move into our quarterfinal matchups. Um, so obviously, uh, I do not know what you're going to be voting for. I asked you not to tell me in advance. I already know what the person in the previous round voted for. So depending on whether or not you vote for the same thing, that will determine whether or not we need a tiebreaker. Uh, okay. And I'll let you know, obviously. Um, so our first quarterfinal matchup is between first seed pasta and eighth seed rice. Lily, okay. who do you vote for and why? So I was thinking about this a lot. Um, I think this one was a little bit tricky for me than the second one and it's mostly because with pasta it's usually when I have it when I want something like a little more extravagant if I want to like you know if I don't if I know that I'm wearing like comfortable pants or a dress kind of a deal like I can go a little harder with it whereas rice is like usually something like with a healthier meal so it really depends I think though and I'm really happy that it wasn't noodles like any kind of noodles <laughs> and just pasta because I think at the end of the day I think I'm gonna go for rice I just like I really like sushi I really like risotto I feel like um, it's also like gluten-free so you don't feel as bad after but I love pasta I love pasta so it was it was a tricky one yeah fair enough I, I get that so I'm gonna tell you now this is the first major upset that we have had so far in this year's tournament. You, by casting this vote, have just knocked pasta out because Caddy also voted for rice. Oh, what was their um, their reasoning? Uh, I think similarly, like, you know, as much as you can love pasta, it's not as, like, universally yeah. used, right? Like, there's just so many things that you can use rice for and so many cultures, like, around the world use it. Mm-hmm. And and for me, like, honestly, the gluten-free aspect of it is helpful because my partner doesn't do gluten anymore. And, like, we've gotten gluten-free pasta. It's just not the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, like, um, I've been trying to eat healthier and just in general. And it's funny because my partner and I have, like, different ideas of, like, what a healthy food is. And so for him, he thinks, like, pasta kind of falls under that. Sure. As long as it's with a tomato sauce, where I'm like, if it's pasta, it's not going to be super healthy because you're probably going to put a lot of butter and oil and cream and stuff in it anyway. But with rice, you like you can make a poke bowl and that's pretty healthy. You can have sushi that's fairly healthy. Like there it's just there are more options to be healthier. But on the flip side, like you can have a risotto and that can be pretty unhealthy or you can like make a super salty delicious uh, fried rice. So there's like room to move around. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. I think for me like on a if I had to vote on these between if my vote was like which one I get more excited about it's mm-hmm. usually pasta yeah but if i was thinking about which one like i would rather give up if i like yeah. had to choose it would also be pasta like i'd rather have rice as an option you know just because yeah. it's a lot more versatile yeah exactly cool well hey that is exciting because i yeah. uh i thought pasta was going to make it all the way to the to the finale this year and uh that's wild this is this is so exciting cool well i let's guess you see, could uh... say that it passed away Boo. <laughs> <laughs> you could say that uh our eighth seed decided to rice to the top hell yeah oh, oh. <laughs> woo, woo, woo. Woo. <laughs> all right let's get to the quarterfinal round number two uh this matchup is between our fourth seed sandwiches and our fifth seed cheese 
What are you thinking? Um, just because I can't imagine a sandwich without cheese, I went with cheese. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it was like, I was like, what sandwiches do I have that I like? You know, obviously you can have a sandwich without cheese, but it always is better when there's cheese in it. Right. So that's that. That one was a little bit easier for me. Although I do love a sandwich. Um. Yeah. Also, there's like so I had moved in January and was so happy to find out that there's a cheese place like just down the street from me that always has a bin of three for fifteen cheeses, Oof. and they're like very good cheeses. Like I'll always look at the price tag and see which one is like technically the most expensive out of like the bunch. Let's say I'm like going for a blue cheese. They'll say like its standard price is like you know um, this one is like eight ninety three or the bigger one's like eleven sixty two. I'll take like the eleven sixty two blue cheese, the like thirteen whatever, but it'll all still be fifteen dollars, um, and it makes me so happy. I love that. I know yeah. um, the the cheese place at Atwater Market has that deal. Usually. So it's it's the same company. Okay, uh, they're just nice. in the uh, gay village as well. Oh, cool! I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. I uh, yeah. I haven't been able to go to the market in a really long time just because I'm like, I haven't left NDG mm-hmm. during during the pandemic. And like, no judgment to people who have, I get it. But I just like, I have had no reason to. Yeah, for <laughs> and sure. the thing that like tempts me the hardest is definitely the market. Yeah. No, I mean like, um, the only reasons why, so I've moved to like the Plateau Gay Village kind of area. Mm-hmm. Um, the only reasons why I have left this area is because all my friends live in NDG. Right. And so I'll have to like bike over um, to Giroud Park to see them most of the time. Yeah, that's fair. I, I think Giroud Park is the furthest I've been from my house. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Damn. Really on the cusp. You're like, nope, two more streets. We're in Westmount. Can't do it. Actually, no, that can't possibly be true. I've gone to uh, my doctor is further from here. Anyway. Uh, yeah. That's awesome, though. I uh, I absolutely love um I love the like three for fifty and cheese is such yeah. a uh, that is such a staple of like eating good cheese without breaking yeah. the bank. You need it, yeah. you know. Um, and I've posted a few times on my stories of me with like a nice looking cheese plate, mm-hmm. and um, people will like react, and I'm like, haha, little do you know that I am like not paying a lot of money for this. <laughs> like I'm being thrifty. That's the trick, yeah. Because a good yeah. like a good cheese plate, like, uh, can can be a lot of money. Yeah, it's I mean, one of like, the few things where I wish I had an infinite budget, is so that yeah. I could just get nice cheese. Yeah, exactly. And it's really helpful because they also have like cheeses that I use frequently, like within this bin. So like they'll have like Parmesan in it, or they'll have like uh, cream cheese or something. So it's it is the the things that I generally need. But sometimes I'm like, ooh, this cheese has like a beer taste to it like let's try this one and it helps me explore more cheeses which is really nice because I am so happy I'm not lactose intolerant I feel that I am I mean I'm lactose intolerant but only in that it gives me like indigestion and gas like Mm. I can eat it and just like be a little uncomfortable that day yeah um so I usually just deal yeah fair I actually I don't know how this is possible or if this actually happened but so um I think I was becoming lactose intolerant mm-hmm. like a couple of years ago and then spent a couple of months in France and came back and was fine. So there is actually an interesting thing that I've noticed in my own experience, which is that roughly every seven years, my lactose intolerance turns on and off. Ooh. Where like as a baby, I was lactose intolerant. And then like as a young kid, I wasn't as much. And then okay. in my teens, I was, or no, maybe it's the other way around. 
I don't remember. All I know is that oh. I'm uh, I'm coming up on 28, and after okay. eating a whole lot of dairy in my like mid 20s, I am uh, starting to notice that it's affecting me mm. a little bit more again. And yeah. uh, I don't know. We'll we'll see. I do think that that is a thing that like your body your body can kind of like get used to a certain amount of lactose, and like if you're eating it from different places, it might be different bacteria in there. I don't mm. know. Yeah. That makes sense. I think it's a little um, it's a little less like yes or no than an allergy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was allergic to mango on and off for a okay. while, so I don't know. But um, I do try and, and like drink oat milk with my things. Like I, except for yogurt and cheese, I don't really. I, I guess those are big ones to be honest. But, sure. Yeah. Um, I try not to uh, have too much dairy. Um, but just really quickly, in terms of sandwiches, a really, really good icebreaker uh, question that my friend has introduced me to is, I might like butcher how it's supposed to be asked, but it's something along the lines of, if you could be any sandwich, which sandwich would you be? Being a sandwich. Interesting. Yeah. Or like if a sandwich, if you could have, I don't remember if it's you could have or you could be, um, like what would your sandwich be? Sure. And I, I love that question. I think it's just like a very fun um, question. What's uh, what's your sandwich? While I think about what mine is. Um. So baguette bread. Sure. Um. Fresh. You know, day of crunchy, like in ratatouille, where she crunches the bread, but it's soft on the inside. Um. That kind of bread, lightly toasted, with some brie, some pear, maybe some fig and arugula, and like some oil. Like I'm not really that bougie. Okay. I guess if that's my sandwich, and I know these things specifically, then I'm a little bit bougie. But, um. <laughs> Like this, anytime I could think of like my ideal sandwich, it would be that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Like like a little sweet, a little savory. Yeah. Finding that balance is nice. Yeah. I think for me, I'm torn because I, uh, I really like sandwiches. I like a lot of different kinds of sandwiches. I'm also going to tell you now, um, my previous guest, Caddy, voted for sandwiches, so I'm going to be okay. bringing in a tiebreaker to figure out drama. this round. Um, yay, drama. But um, <laughs> my, I'm torn. I love a pulled pork sandwich, but I don't mm. know if it's the sandwich that I would, like, describe myself with. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, this is so hard. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? When I think about, like, the sandwich that, like, puts me... At ease, I guess, is a weird way to say it. But like the one oh, that like, like your comfort sandwich. Yeah, my comfort sandwich. My like this is home kind of sandwich. Yeah. Um is honestly and this is weird, because like I don't think it's like the best kind of sandwich, but it's the one that feels the best to me when I eat it is a club sandwich. Just, What's in a club sandwich again? It's uh it's usually like bacon, lettuce, uh chicken, <laughs> mayo maybe tomato depending on the place um and it's like specifically like a whole bunch of sandwiches stacked on top of each other cut into triangles and it's like there's like a toothpick sticking through it yeah in sections yeah i mean that's a classic yeah not only is like a classic but like i feel like it's quite reminiscent of like childhood and going to like like birthday parties sure um and like those are the kind of sandwiches that are typically out yeah well that's it i think about it and it's like for me Growing up, growing up in NDG, there's like two or three restaurants that have been here forever that like do takeout, and it's like Cote Saint Luke Barbecue, Chalet Barbecue, and like oh, yeah. B&M Pizza, right? And like those three all have a really good club sandwich. Okay. And uh, so you know, growing up, I w- we would be ordering dinner from places, and like usually, if I didn't want the other thing that that place was known for. <laughs> I would want a club sandwich. So it was nice. kind of my like backup thing. If yeah. I wasn't feeling like, if I didn't want to think about it too much and I didn't mm. want to take the default option, I would go for a club sandwich. And uh, 
in my adult life, I've realized that, like, you know, you can swap out ingredients in a club sandwich. It doesn't have to be chicken. I've gotten really nice, like, bacon cheeseburger clubs that are, like, inevitably way too heavy to finish in one sitting for me. But, like, then you get leftovers. Like, they're usually served with French fries. And, like, depending on so the place, that's really So what qualifies it as a club sandwich? If I it think, could be anything. I think it's the, like, format of it <laughs> that okay. qualifies it. Like, the... Because I think, specifically, when I think of a club sandwich, it's got to be you know, cut into those triangle shapes and also multiple stacks of sandwich mm. on top of each other so that it, like, you have to really pinch it to get it into okay. your mouth all at once. And, like, the mayo is there, kind of, like, it's it's usually heavy on mayo. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, um, I imagine that bread has to be really good because otherwise everything would just pop out. Yeah. Well, it's usually toasted, which helps a little bit, I think. I don't know. Mm. Let me see what Wikipedia says about the club sandwich. <laughs> The club sandwich, also called the clubhouse sandwich, is a sandwich of bread traditionally toasted, sliced cooked poultry, ham or fried bacon, lettuce, tomato, and mayonnaise, often cut into quarters or halves and held together by cocktail sticks. Modern versions frequently have two layers, which are separated by an additional slice of bread. Yeah. Oh, cool. So, no ba- yeah, sounds pretty good. That's that's my thing. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm like super hungry. <laughs> yeah. I have like all my like mise en place ready for uh for a salad, I just have to go to the corner store and pick up an avocado, nice. throw them all together. I'm, I'm excited. Man, how how long have you been doing mise en place for your home cooking? Um, I don't do it super, like, I don't think I do it as intentionally as my partner does. Sure. I know my partner, like, will do it, and then sometimes we'll chill for a little bit, and then we'll go back to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, like, definitely one of those people that... Um, kind of like does things at the same time. Sure. Um, I'll try and do like my basics at the beginning. So I'll always do like uh, garlic first because I think my cousin told me that he read in a book um, that when you, if you want like all of the good health properties in garlic, you have to cut it and let it sit for like 10 minutes and then everyone mixes together and it becomes a little bit healthier. Not that garlic is like super healthy, but it's just like a sneaky trick to make it a bit healthier. Sure. Um, so I usually like, do that, my onion, and then like mushroom, whatever things. I'll probably have like pretty much everything ready, uh, and then I'll just start cooking. Um, but I won't always have like every everything done. I'll have like my my the things I know need to be cooked first, and then I'll just start, and then I'll kind of go. Yeah, I think I'm the same way. Like I don't necessarily I don't necessarily do all of the prep in advance, but I have been realizing recently that every time I do, it makes the cooking so much more fun for me. Okay, how come? Uh, I think that it stresses me out less because if I okay. if I'm like my default way of doing it is you know I go into the kitchen, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna make you know pasta sauce. I chop up the onion, get it sautéing right away, and mm-hmm. then I start chopping up other things and dealing with them yeah. and adding them as they go and something about doing it procedurally like that like it can get stressful for me because I'm aware that there's like a time sensitivity to it mm-hmm. whereas if I just go into the kitchen beforehand I'm like what is every ingredient I need for this chop it up put it in little bowls and set it aside and then go okay cool now I can cook mm-hmm. it kind of lets me just cook yeah you know that makes sense I think also the reason why I don't like consider myself someone who makes a mise en place like super frequently um, is because I don't like put them aside. I just leave them all in the cutting board sure. and like we'll put them in their section. But I I don't know. I would say I do like 90% of the mise en place and I've been doing that for a while. It's also because my old place, the kitchen was like the smallest thing in the entire world. Mm. It was literally like the size of a hallway. Like you, you can't be more than one person there. Like straight up, 
it's it was really really rough and I think I had to get used to it like that I mean it, it did its job I guess and like um, when I was living with my roommate we had like pretty different schedules so it never really became an issue mm-hmm. but as someone who likes to cook it just like it, it just made me so sad like there are so many things that I couldn't do that I'm really happy I can do now for sure well I find yeah. like having counter space like if you don't have enough counter space, it's really easy to run out of counter space really, yeah. really fast. Like we yeah. have we have a lot of counter space, but also a lot of appliances that sit on counters. Mm. And it takes like nothing. Like we can't have anything on the counter that isn't the thing we're cooking mm-hmm. or we have no room to cut things. And it's like, okay, cool. Why do we have so many counters yeah. then? Damn. Yeah, at the <laughs> other place, I think it was like, you have the length of a cutting board and that was it. Yeah. Um, and then you're squished between like the sink and the stove. So you, I, I usually just like um, prepped everything on the dining room table. Right. So, but now I have so much counter space and I feel alive. Amazing. Well, hey, thank you so much for phoning in to vote on this round. I'm, uh, I'm really, really excited that rice beat out pasta. I, I didn't think it would. Mm, it's the gluten, man. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the gluten. It's the accessibility. It's the versatility. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think of pasta as like my go-to, like when I am broke, this is what I eat yeah, food. Definitely. But like, that's just because that's, you know, what my mom did when I was growing up. But rice is like objectively cheaper and easier yeah. to make in large quantities than pasta is. And like so much more variety and, and so much more like universality to it. So mm-hmm. it's exciting. Yeah. yeah, I'm happy that I could solve a problem and start another one. <laughs> I am excited to see how it does in the uh, semifinals. This is a question I always like to ask. Um, assuming that the two you chose, so rice obviously we know made it, we don't know yet mm-hmm. about sandwiches or cheese. Oh, if no. it ends up being rice <laughs> versus cheese in the next round, which of the two would you vote for? Oh, I didn't think about this. Oh no, why did you do that? (laughs) (laughs) If you don't have an answer, that's also totally fine. I want to say, oh, okay, because one of them is like pleasure and the other one is like versatility. Right. Oh man. (laughs) Um, This is really hard. This is really hard. I hope no one has to make this choice. Or I guess they're like in their own body and they have their own opinions. They're probably lactose intolerant, so it'll be easier for them. (laughs) Um, But I think I'm going to go with rice. Sure. Because I eat it more. Just because, like, yeah, because I'll have cheese every so often. And, yeah, okay, I'm going to go with rice. Okay. Yeah, fair and, enough. Um, a big... <laughs> a big tier for cheese. I know. That's how I feel. So many of these matchups. Like, we had pizza versus mac and cheese last week. And, like, I can't express how much I'm glad I didn't have to vote in that one. Yeah. That would have been too hard for what, me. What was what was the uh, conclusion? Uh, pizza. Okay. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Interesting. I think I would have gone with mac and cheese. I think I might have too, but, but yeah. you know, wasn't my vote. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Do you have anything you want people to check out before I let you go? Any social media you want people to find? Um, You can find me on Instagram at the number 5, FT25. It has some photos. I post some tasty foods that I make on my stories. And just enjoy the weather. I guess this is going to come out Monday, so it's going to rain. So enjoy (laughs) reading inside, I guess. Um, And have a good rest of your day. Yeah. Sweet. Well, thanks, Lily. This was great. Thanks. Have a good one. Take care.
All right, so we just witnessed the first major upset of the year with last year's champ Pasta getting knocked out in the quarterfinals by Rice. But we also have a tie to break between sandwiches and cheese, so I'm calling up a tiebreaker judge to help us out with that. My tiebreaker for this week's episode of Up for Discussion Munch Madness is none other than Kendallin Aldridge. Kendallin is one of my co-hosts over on Natural 2D Northern Treasure Sapphire Springs Task Force, where she plays Cassephony Isperdon, the nature cleric tiefling got it in one try and also has possibly the largest collection of polyhedral dice known to man (laughs) or at least known to our network kendall and thanks for phoning in you're welcome and just so readers readers wow it's saturday um the listeners know i have roughly 115 130 sets of dice um about 20 of those haven't come in yet because they're from kickstarters just to give you an idea (laughs) <laughs> uh, and if people um, want to see all of Kendallin's dice, you can check that out on Instagram at the Growing Dice Horde. Is that right? Yes. Perfect. All right. So, Kendallin, you know why you're here. We need yeah. your help casting a tie-breaking vote. Uh, so, in the uh, first and second parts of this week's episode, Caddy and Lily voted uh, independently for sandwiches and cheese as the uh, winners of this round. So, I need you to decide for me which one is going to be moving forward. What do you think, sandwiches or cheese? Cheese. Okay. <laughs> What's uh? Why? Tell me why. Well, okay. It's, I, I I thought I had to think about this really, like in the like tw- hour that we I had to prep. Um, sandwiches are great. I love sandwiches. They're very versatile. You have bon mi, Reuben, like. But the thing is, when I'm thinking, oh man, I need a snack right now. I'm not going to get a whole sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get cheese. Like cheese is also very versatile, but also like when it comes, it can, you can use it as a meal. You can use it as a snack. You can use it as a, an accompaniment. Cheese is just great. And it makes sandwiches great. <laughs> sure. Okay. Well, I love that. I, uh, I'm not going to lie. That's what I would have voted for as well. So I'm, uh, I'm kind of thrilled that this worked out. <laughs> there could be like a big argument about it, but really it's just when it boils down to it. And I also want to preface this that since if you've listened to the episode I was on about finding yourself in food culture, um, I've been eating a lot. My diet tends to stray more towards Asian and um, Greek recipes, and Asian places don't use a lot of dairy. There's like no cheese whatsoever. So I actually haven't eaten cheese in a long while, but I still really like cheese. I don't go to the Asian market and get a sandwich and replacement for that cheese. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, fair enough. I like for me, it's like I'm I'm lactose intolerant enough that like you know I shouldn't eat it for every meal, and yet I still do. <laughs> and like that says something, you know. As much as I love a good sandwich, like would I miss sandwiches a lot if I didn't get to eat them all the time? Sure. But would I miss cheese more? Absolutely. Exactly. I mean, it's. I can see where it's a tough call. I mean, sandwiches are great, and again, it's versatile. There's a lot of different types, a lot of different like. You know, and then you have the whole is a hot dog a sandwich question. <laughs> like, there's a lot of really good things about sandwiches, don't get me wrong. But there's just something about being an adult or a teenager going to the fridge and getting like a small bowl of like shredded like cheddar. You're like, yeah, that's 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 I'm good for the day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I get it. Like, what I think what I where I land on this is like, there's never a situation where adding cheese to something is a bad idea. It, it in my books you know whereas like there are things i wouldn't put on a sandwich exactly <laughs> there are very much things you shouldn't put on a sandwich i can't I, I can't think of anything offhand but i know at one point if you go to my instagram the one countertop where i did try roasting duck necks at one point because i i just i thought that'd be fun sure you can't 
really roast duck necks because there's not a lot of meat on there to roast, so it gets dried out real quick. And I try to make that into a bao bun, which is kind of like a, sand- a steamed sandwich in a way, and it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I mean, that's it. Like, I feel like if you gave me like a dried out, you know, duck neck with a bit of meat on it, but then you melted cheese on top of that, I'd be like, all right, cool. <laughs> oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, it would definitely if I had put in some put some melted cheese on it, it would have been a lot better. I just think. Sandwiches are great, but cheese ultimately can make a dish so good. It can also just be a solo star on its own. Like <laughs> I love, I love brie cheese. Brie cheese is like my favorite thing to snack on. Like I don't even take the time to like wrap it in dough and bake it. Right? I just <laughs> cut up slices and eat it raw. <laughs> sure, yeah. And I found out grilled brie cheese, grilled brie cheese is amazing. Oof, yeah. Well, that's it. Like, there's. There are so many different kinds of cheese, and even vegan cheese is, like, okay. Like, now, maybe 10 years ago, vegan cheese wasn't great, but, like, they're starting to figure it out, you know? Yeah. Question for you. By virtue of having just voted cheese into the semifinals, cheese will be going up against rice in the next uh, next round of the bracket. (laughs) Not to do this to you, but uh, if you had to choose between the two, where do you land? rice there because again i'm at a point where i eat i don't eat a lot of cheese i just don't eat a lot of dairy i think that should be the the qualifying factor is um because in, in learning to my about my birth culture and stuff um i i shared this fact with tom because we kind of talked about it prior to me reading my actual cookbooks about it right about chinese culture but protein like beef and pork were not readily available in china and even in the 70s and 80s like it still was a radical thing to have a lot of beef or pork in China. So they really didn't have a lot of access to traditional milk, I would say. Like, apparently, yak's milk was a big thing. But so when you look at it like that, there are certainly, like, a lot of cultures that don't benefit from having things that you can make cheese into. But rice is everywhere. Right. You can do a lot with rice. You can steam it. You you can do yeah, steamed rice. You can do sticky rice. You can make sushi rice. You can also go the Korean route and make crispy rice, mm-hmm. which is amazing, by the <laughs> way. And it, and also like it helps rice and most pasta dishes can help dishes go further. Like for example, in I think the Appalachian Mountains or in like really really rural places, you would put chili on top of rice or spaghetti because then it makes the meat go further sure yeah i mean honestly like i think anywhere that you can any kind of sauce you can throw on top of rice and it exactly it is awesome you know what i'm thinking about right now what there's rice milk right yes there is there's rice milk you can also make rice wine if you go and watch um the channel liziki l-i-z-i-q-i you'll find it somehow um she actually makes a lot of rice wine and rice beverages also well there you go you know what i'm realizing you can totally make rice cheese you could you could make rice cheese if you absolutely wanted to i challenge our listeners to do that to let me know how that goes <laughs> yeah i'm thinking about it i'm like i don't think it's it's good but it's doable so in the end cheese is the winner is what i'm hearing <laughs> well we'll see we'll see <laughs> thank you so much for uh for phoning in to cast the tiebreaker vote do you have anything you want people to check out while you're here before i let you go um, I just moved into my new place, so we're setting. I'm finally setting up my dice, so that's something to look out for. I also, because we moved, I am able to actually properly cook again. So my cooking Instagram will be coming back to life at some point. Um, also, always check out Natural Toonie. Both campaigns, both groups are great. That's about it. Sweet. <laughs> 
<laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, I mean, are you going to have to change your your Instagram handle now that you have more no, than one counter? No, because it's still technically it's still technically one long countertop. Oh, that's right. That's convenient. And even then, like, <laughs> I don't think I would ever really change it because I I had named the cha- I had named the account Kenny is cooking originally, but then I th- had a big brain moment and realized like, hey, Kendall. There's going to be a time where you don't have the one countertop anymore. You should name it the one countertop because that will mark where you started. Hmm, I like that. So yeah, even if I moved to a place where I had like multiple countertops, it doesn't matter. Like I, this all started because I had like the whole point of the cook- cooking Instagram wasn't really to be food famous, right? It was like it's the kind of the idea I had when I made my YouTube channel like three or four years ago, which is a lot of people don't have access to cooking storage and cooking space. So mm-hmm. to have a, a, an account to show that you can do all of this really good cooking with one countertop. like what, um, That was the whole point of that. And so I think the name will just always stick the way it is. Nice. I love that. Well, hey, Kendallin, thank you so much again. And uh, I will talk to you in uh, 26 hours. Yes, sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> all right, take care. So there you have it, folks. Cheese is moving forward to the semifinals to face off against Rice for a spot in the final round. This is absolutely wild and exciting for me because Cheese was the uh, the only one of the three that I had initially had in the running that was still left. So I was really worried it was going to disappear, but it is going to make it another round, and that's real, real exciting for me. A big thank you to Caddy, Lily, and Kendallin for phoning in to vote on this one, and a big thank you to you for listening to Up for Discussion. Do you have problems with how any of these rounds shook out? Tell us all about it on Twitter and Instagram, at DownWithTalking, or at Tonsalatni. If you like this episode and want to help me make the show even better, you can head to patreon.com slash upfordiscussion to donate. For as little as a dollar a month, you be joining the ranks of fine folks like Patrick, Gabriel, Kendall, and Carlea, Thomas, George, Poppy, Killian, Sarah, Angelica, Anne, Andrew, Laura, Erica, Chantal, and David. Our patrons get access to all kinds of awesome perks, including the ability to request topics for episodes of the show. So go check that out again at patreon.com slash up for discussion. And I'll remind you as well to go check out our Indiegogo perks at the Indiegogo link in the description below. We also have merch, and you can hit the merch link in the description to get all sorts of great stuff from our lovely friends over at Public. And of course, you can support us for free by leaving a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice and by sharing this episode with a friend. Our theme music is by Zach Ingalls, and our cover art is by David Flam. You can find links to support both of them in the description of this episode, along with links to everything that my guests and I talked about today. And last but not least, the show is produced and edited by me, Tom Zalatni, as part of the Upford Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at upfordnetwork.com. See you next week. I'm Tefra Jemian, the producer and host of the Yeah Podcast, a young adult lit review podcast focusing on amplifying the diverse voices in YA literature. Join us as we dig into the world of young adult books, reviewing new releases, revisiting old classics, and exploring what YA lit can teach us at any age. Discover the world of YA Lit through exclusive author interviews, book reviews, genre smackdowns, and more. The Yeah Podcast, available through the Upward Network on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and wherever else you find your podcasts. This is our book club, and you're invited. Yeah!
Dungeons. Dragons. Canada. The Multiverse Theory. Corgis. Queer representation. Reconciliation. Angels. Demons. Squirrels. Moose. Moose and squirrels. Sorcerers. Dinosaurs. Barbarians. Forests. Giants. Rogues. Warlocks. Plains. Sewers. Lavender. Natural Toonie. A Canadian Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Right here on the Upford Network. (laughs) Ha 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 ha!